Welcome to Unfolding the Word, the show that gets your head thinking and your heart beating about the Word of God. It's basically hashtag storytelling and hashtag listen and pass Bible 10. Today's episode was only possible by the support of this sponsor, Pacapool. Holy crow, it's practically summer. And when you have kids that love the water as much as Paca kids do, that means opening the pool and figuring out things to do in it. Sometimes all kids need to be entertained is the pool itself, but every kid loves a good pool game. Whether for pool games or competitive swimming meets, the Paca Pool is a state-of-the-art pool designed and maintained for students and community enjoyment. Thank you. Hey guys, Mr. Franco here. Like I promised, this is the follow-up podcast, and I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the kings, actually, the kings, if you look at the Bible, and we've talked about this before, will be First Samuel, Second Samuel, First First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, and Second Chronicles. Um, and this, these books kind of tell the story of the people of Israel when they walk into the monarchy. Now that they're living in the Promised Land, uh, they've done some of the conquering that the Lord had asked. There was an there was action issue that because they didn't conquer everything. Um, the Canaanites kept coming after them and led to a lot of issues with the Philistines. And later on, uh, we'll see in the book of uh, Chronicles how that causes a lot of trouble. I'm here today with uh, Mrs. Franco. She is the eighth grade homeroom teacher. She also teaches um, English through 11th grade. And she is also my beloved and wonderful wife. Hello, Mrs. Franco. How are you doing today? Hello, everybody. I'm doing great. Thank you. I've invited her here uh, to talk a little bit and have a conversation with us about the life of David. When we look at the kings and we look at this portion of the Old Testament, um, there's really important uh, characters like Samuel, like Eli, um, and so many kings that are really key, or or prophets like Nathan um, are really key in the process of Israel's existence as a kingdom. But there's one unique character and his name is David, um, like me, David, but I'm David Franco. I'm not David in the Bible. Anywho, uh, the cool thing is that David shows this really beautiful picture of a man that is broken, a man that is uh, that loves the Lord. And as we have this conversation, you, you'll, you will learn a little bit more about how there's really important uh, historical events or situations in his life where we see this man displaying the God, the heart of God. Um, so, Mrs. Franco, when we think about David and we talk about him, what, what's the first thing that comes to your mind about who this guy is? Uh, I would say that out of all of the the roles that David had through his lifetime, uh, when I think about David, really the primary picture that comes to mind is him as a shepherd uh, with his, I can picture him, you know, with his staff uh, out in the field by himself, watching over sheep, uh, young, younger, not um, old, uh, you know, just, I, I picture him as the shepherd David. So so the first time this shepherd boy shows up on the scene is uh, Samuel was told by the Lord to anoint the next king. So we have in the story, the story of Saul, and Saul does all these messed up things, and he, he goes into divination, and we'll talk about that later, which kind of jacks up his, his life. And him and Jonathan die eventually because of the consequences of Saul's heart and sin. Jonathan is his son. Um, but David the shepherd shows on the scene for the first time when Samuel shows up at the house 
of um, his dad's house, Jesse. uh, Jesse's house, and he start, Samuel starts looking at each of, of Jesse's sons, and the Lord doesn't confirm, does he know this not? And they were apparently really good, uh, handsome guys and strong guys. And eventually when David shows up on the scene, Samuel is told by the Lord that that is the one that you should anoint. What, what is the anointing for you? What was that moment right there? Uh, of the anointing of David as the anointed one of Israel. Um, well, that that concept of anointing is throughout Scripture. That being chosen, being set apart, being consecrated uh, unto God for a specific purpose is a very important concept in our faith, and it's throughout Scripture in the Old and New Testament. Um you know Samuel he literally anoints him pours oil over his head and in front of his whole family and he's this young youngest of his family and he's been called out from his job he wasn't even important enough to bring to this meeting Um, and God says something very specific to Samuel about David that man looks at the outward appearance but the Lord looks upon the heart and for whatever reason what he saw in David when David was out there in that field uh, tending the flock protecting them uh, overseeing them uh, God saw something in David that was better than what his brothers even had or anyone else in all of Israel and and we find out later that it's a heart that is after according to the Lord's Um, and so that anointing is Samuel showing in front of his family and all of Israel that uh, this boy has been set apart for a divine purpose uh, and that his life is going to be unto God and God's purposes. So it was a, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, later on in scripture and we see it in, in the gospels that Jesus, in actually Matthew chapter 16, um, that Peter, Peter said, the Lord Jesus asked Peter, who do, you, who do they say that I am? And, and, and Peter's response is, you are the Messiah. And the word Messiah there means the anointed one. So he was a chosen one of God for the purpose of uh, accomplishing what the Lord had for humanity, which was redemption. So it's just really interesting how David starts to slowly becoming this image of who the Redeemer is, of who Christ is. And the next scene that shows up kind of in David's life is one of the most famous ones is him fighting against Goliath. And in, in that situation, we see David trusting God and trusting that the Lord of the hosts would, would give him victory. But we see a man or a young man here that has anointed. So he walks in power um, to be able to defeat um, Goliath. So it's more than just David trusting. It's David now knowing the truth of who he is to be able to accomplish what we did. So the same way Jesus, when uh, in God, in, in his baptism, uh, when God says, this is my beloved son, we see this picture of Jesus having from the father, the anointing saying, I know who I am. I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. Um, David moves on from this place of just uh, being a young boy and he moves on to become a warrior and we see a lot of stories of David in war he goes and he fights for the Philistines uh, because he was fleeing Saul but another situation in David's life was really a really sad one which he um, 
he slept with another man's wife. Uh, her name was Bathsheba, and Uriah was uh, the husband. And eventually, David sends out Uriah to the front line to get killed. And we see here a really uh, interesting story where David's heart of repentance is registered in uh, Psalm number 51. Again, David is the guy that writes a whole bunch of really interesting psalms which show his heart kind of like one way or the other. Um, Jessica, when you think about this man, uh, David, that's broken that uh, from, from that situation, what do you think, see that, what do you see, what do you think the Lord looks at him? What is it that it's so important, God, that he, that he looks at David and says, wow, in spite of the fact that you did this big mistake, I love this about you. What is it that could reflect for us today? Well, I think it's a very popular thing in our culture that when someone messes up, we just cancel them. That's literally, it's called cancel culture. Uh, you basically get one shot in the public eye, and if you screw that up, then you lose all. And it really doesn't even have to be something you've done. It could just be some rumor somebody starts about you. But it's it's this uh, idea of if you don't have this perfect uh, outward outward appearance, if you don't have perfectly good outward actions, uh, then people are just done with you. And this story is so good because while it was a terrible sin and while it led to the murder of, a, of the Bathsheba's husband, um, you know, it's an awful part of David's life. It is so clearly a picture of how God is not about cancel culture. God is about um, restoration. And so even though there is uh, consequences of sin that happens, the baby, actually the baby, his Bathsheba's first child dies. The other son that she bears is Solomon, and Solomon continues the lineage of David that goes unto Christ. So Bathsheba becomes a part of this redemptive story in scripture. Um, which is just amazing how God can take our huge mess ups and the awful things that we do. And, and the important way you asked to get to your question about David, what God saw in David, Psalm 51 is about um, repentance. So there was a clear moment of repentance where, you know, the, the prophet Nathan comes in and he accuses David of the sin and exposes him for what he's done and David recognizes it and he's he's heartbroken over his sin which is where he aligns himself back up with God and God's heart because God is broken over our sin as well and that uh, psalm of repentance has been passed down for thousands of years now and we still read it today because it is every person's uh, we are all poised to be able to say that psalm, Psalm 51, and for asking for the cleansing of God, knowing that we are broken people in need of restoration and a Savior. Um, so that still speaks today. That 
is so awesome. Thank you so much. That that speaks so much to what we've been studying in this class that um, from Genesis up to this point, we've seen uh, the creation of man and then with the fall, but we don't see a God that just leaves man by himself. We see a God that is after redemption, is after relationship with man in a kind of redeeming way. Um, it, it makes my mind, I hope you guys get as excited as I do, because when we see the covenant of Abraham, the Abra- Abrahamic covenant, he promised him um, that his peop- that he would have a people that would be as numerous as the sand of the of the the sand of the earth or whatever, um, it, he promised him that they would have land and that then he promises that there would be a redeemer that would come. Guys, we talked about how the people of Israel went through the wilderness and they're a people of God. So he actually, that, that portion is being fulfilled. Then we see that they move into the good land and the land is fulfilled. But in the person of David right near, we start to see a lineage that goes all the way to Jesus, who is the redeemer that is promised to Abraham so back then. So it's so beautiful to see the closing of this story in this way. The other thing that's really awesome about David is that David loved to have a relationship with God. And he loved it so much that when the ark of God shows up in town, he dances basically naked. His wife, Micah, looks at him and says, like, you're a fool. Why are you dancing that way? And, and David rebukes her. And eventually we see the tabernacle of David established where 24-7 um, they're worshiping before the Lord uh, and, and making his name great. Um, Again, that, that tabernacle, that, that um, the ark of the Lord typifies like, like the altar that had been established by, by Noah, um, by, by Jacob, um, the Ebenezer that we talked about, um, and even before that with Abel. So we see that man is seeking out relationship with God. Uh, the tabernacles of David are such an interesting place where they're worshiping consistently. What is the importance of worship in, in, in this a story of redemption, uh, Mrs. Franco. Well, the tabernacle, and I like that y'all have gone through the Old, the Old Testament because you've gone through Exodus and uh, Leviticus where the law has been given, the, the law has been given to Moses and it has all these very specific uh, specifications about how to build, you know, the tabernacle that went around with them in the wilderness. And yet... Uh, David pitches this tent. It's basically just a tent with the Ark of the Covenant in it. And he just surrounds it with worship and music and prayer 24-7. He employs thousands of musicians um, and the songs that they wrote as they worshiped God around the Ark in that tabernacle are recorded some in Psalm as well. Um, So that it was it was almost a sign and there are the prophets i think it's in amos maybe where there's a prophecy that says in the in the last days it's the tabernacle of david that's going to be restored and i think that points to it's not about law and covenant in law do this and i do this in in these specific ways live up to the standard and you get the blessing. Beyond that, we now have Christ, who is the standard, and our response to that is is worship. And now we have relationship, and now much more than just do these things and you'll get the blessing, we have be in relationship with me and I will be the blessing to you. And that's what we get forever and ever. 
So very much the tabernacle David established points to that relationship with God being the better way over just the following of the law um, and avoiding, you know, the curses. Yeah, and and David's desire and love for that relationship, David's desire for for that setting for worship, uh, translate into him receiving from the Lord how the temple had to be built out. Unfortunately, because David was a man of war and a a man whose hands were filled with blood, he was not allowed to build, but he repaired the materials so that his son Solomon would be able to build uh, the the temple. Uh, we, 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 the story of David ends with, with the blessing of David and with him um, having lived out all his days uh, before the Lord as a man that had um, become a man that had a heart like the Lord or according to God's heart. Um, my, ex- my expectation for you guys during this, this portion of Scripture is that we would look at the kings and that we would look at the life of David. And like Ms. Franco said, we would see this redemptive story and that we would also see the place of worship and the importance of worship, um, especially in the Old Testament, as they had this physical space to go to and worship. Uh, guys, uh, thank you so much. I hope, Mrs. Franco, thank you so much for sharing your time with me. You're so welcome. And have a good rest of your day, guys. Bye. Thank you. This was Unfolding the Word. I'll see you guys next week.